Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs. With companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hey guys, it's Cheese. Look, Chad's on vacation this week, which means two things. One, we have a guest co-host. Be nice to him. Just like Chad, he's a middle-aged, bald, white guy, so you probably won't even notice a difference. And two, since Chad does all of our editing, this episode is going to come at you raw. So what we say is what you'll get. No filter, dogs barking, and doorbells ringing. So buckle up. This is Chadless and Cheese. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese podcast. Oh, yeah. I hope you love East Coast bias and mad science. Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Lean, Mean, and Vaccine Cheeseman. And I'm Chris. Yes, I listen to Yacht Rock Radio, Russell. On this week's show, LinkedIn tells DeGreed, hold my beer, hey, do you smell an IPO? And no, no, no. That's McDonald's anti-ghosting strategy you're smelling. I'll have a number three with a McOrange. Thanks. You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Mad scientist of recruitment tech, everybody. Chris Russell, welcome to the show, man. What's up? Hey, now. I'm a good uh, good replacement for Chad, I think. <laughs> like I said, another middle-aged, balding white guy. What could go we wrong? Keep the what same avatar, Joel. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, yeah, so some people don't know who you are. You and I go back 15 years at least. 
yep. all county jobs and cheesehead uh, for those who remember that stuff. But those for those that don't know you, uh, rattle off, I guess, the number of shit that you're stuff you're doing right now uh, and, and it, talk about your podcast and just just get them up to speed. Yeah, Rick Tech Media is my uh, my company. Uh, been in this space for twenty years. Ran a bunch of job boards back in the two thousands. Um, had a couple other startups that uh, went bust. Was a corporate recruiter for a couple of years uh, until I got fired. Mm. And um, <laughs> uh, since then, uh, been uh, doing Rick Tech Media. So I'm an entrepreneur, a podcaster, writer, consultant, and um, kind of a recruiting uh, junkie, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So you haven't, you haven't started a new job board lately. I guess that's very telling because you used to love to start those, those things up. Yeah. I do love consulting the uh, job board today, but uh, yeah, you're, you're also a, an avid sports fan and I want to make sure that you're, you're not on the ledge right now. Uh, the Yankees are in last place and the Red Sox are in first place. How do you feel about that? I've stopped watching the Yankees at this point, Joel. <laughs> uh, you're probably pretty torn up about the A-Rod, uh, J-Lo breakup too, right? Oh God, no! But uh, I'll just say that <laughs> analytics has ruined baseball. Let me put it that way. Analytics has ruined baseball, but you're a Knicks fan, so there is there yes. is room for, for some the happiness Knicks. there. Oh God, Julius Randle, what happened to him, man? He, uh, he whatever he's fire. taking, I want I want some of that shit. Whole new level. Whole new level. Poor place yeah. in the NBA East, and uh, we're coming for the Nets. Coming for the nets. All right. All right. I'm s- apologies to all of our international listeners who hate when we talk about regionalized and uh, Americanized sports. So Adam Gordon, sorry about that, man. Uh, let's get a, let's get to some shout outs. Shall we? Uh, I'm going to make it short. Chad's the big shout out guy. So uh, I'll keep it. I'll keep it brief. Uh, Victoria Conley, everybody. Uh, she won our beer drop last month. And she she beer dropped the beer droppers. Uh, she sent Chad and I uh, a six pack of a beer called John out of Philly, and a couple of tall boys, a sweatshirt, and even a koozie. Uh, Chris, are you familiar with the term John as yeah. a New Yorker, Connecticuter? And it was Sean John Puff Daddy. <laughs> yeah, the term John is like a thingamajiggy. I guess in Philly, it's oh. it's new to me. Yeah, Never heard of w- that. Wikipedia that shit. If you're if you're interested, you got any shout outs? I do actually. Shout out to my eighteen uh, year old daughter, Joel. She what? Uh, it's full advantage of a COVID job market and a twenty five percent raise. She uh, she bolted a twelve twelve dollar an hour job at a daycare for a waitress job at a country club, making fifteen. Yeah. And uh, perhaps she'll now stop asking me to borrow my twenty bucks every other day for gas. Daycare oh, job, wow. Jesus. Jesus. It's, uh, ironically, though, the job she got is thanks to the pandemic because the country club told her in the interview that they normally hire temporary workers from Europe to come in and do the do the serving and stuff uh, because of restrictions they had to hire from the U.S. Obviously, so uh, good for her actually. So, so she's in what grade? She's uh, graduating high school in a couple months. Okay, so you're going to be an empty nester, right? Yep, she's off to uh, Endicott College in the fall, north of Boston there, and uh, yeah, I'm already saving my pennies. So, so Chad became an empty nester this year, essentially. Like, what what are you looking forward to with the kids out of the house? Uh, less of a mess, she, she makes. <laughs> 
you know? I, I'm so jealous because I have a four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm going to be like 89 by the time my kids. I'm get not going to miss her leaving the door open every every five minutes and uh, <laughs> leaving her crap all over the bathroom sink. You know, all that nice, stuff. nice, nice. Well. Shout out again, not necessarily a shout out, but make sure you guys, uh, speaking of Victoria, if you haven't signed up for free shit, you got to do it. We're giving away free t-shirts. We're giving away free beer sponsored by Adzuna. We're giving away whiskey sponsored by our our buddies at Sovereign. And teaser alert, we're going to be starting, the the ink is still drawing on the agreement, we're we're, going to be starting Wine with Cheese and Chad, oh sponsored by Hi Bob, going into <laughs> into next month. So, so we are fully committed to destroying every liver possible in our industry, and uh, we couldn't be more excited. Well, couldn't you left out vodka because that's what I like, Joel. So, um, I'm more of a vodka guy these days. Yeah, vodka's kind of stretching it. We're we're gonna we're gonna wait for weed to be legalized in the U.S. and we're gonna we're, we're pitching Peter Weddle on weed with Weddle. Uh, we're, we'll see if he, he'll go for it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's some, that into it, but we'll see. Send me some Tito's, listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other shout outs for me, man? I got I got one one quick rant actually. Um, Hit me a oh a rant. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So okay, hit us, dear Facebook. Please stop trying to turn every one of my posts into a job ad. I mean, what the fuck, Joel? Um, everything I post on Facebook, they want to t- t- take it and turn it into a job ad for the Facebook marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's happening to everyone. If you have the, any kind of word related to recruiting or hiring in your post, it automatically asks you to turn it into a job ad. And I'm sick of it. I'd like to find the engineer who started this thing and uh, have a little sit down with him. So that's my rant of the day. Little, little little New York justice is that That's what right. you'd serve up? A little uh, little Capone style Gotti Gotti right. justice on my uh, Louisville Slugger, you know. <laughs> Jeez, you're the most laid back ranter on the planet. That's awesome, man. All right, let's get to topic, shall we? I got I got shit to do. All right. In the news, guys, Infinite Computer Solutions, uh, I've never heard of them. Maybe you have uh, acquired IBM slash Brass Ring. Uh, this week, I guess empires fall not with a bang, uh, but they die with a whimper, I guess. Okay, these guys out of Rockville, Maryland, Infinite Computer Systems provide business tech and product engineering for telecom, high tech, healthcare, media, entertainment, insurance, banking, financial, retail, public sector services, all kinds of, of fucking industries. They've signed a purchase agreement to acquire IBM's talent acquisition suite including IBM lead manager, Brass Ring, and Onboard. As part of the transaction, Infinite will work closely with IBM to transition identified employees. After the closing, the company will also assume responsibility for service and support for up to 240 global customers using the purchase products worldwide as well as all sales and marketing. A little bit of history here for those that don't know. IBM acquired Connexa slash Brass Ring Back in 2012, for $1.3 billion in the shadow of SAP's acquisition of Success Factors and Oracle's acquisition of Taleo. At the time, it was widely touted as IBM had more than 200,000 consultants around the world working on IT implementation and other strategic business processes. And with Connexa Assessments, IBM could then help its clients assess, hire, and train these people. 
Over the next decade, the partnership floundered, I guess that's fair to say, being passed up by the likes of iSIMS, Jobbyte, Greenhouse, and other ATS providers, which leads us to today and the sale. No terms of the deal were disclosed. I got to think it was akin to the clearance rack at TJ Maxx. Yeah, it wasn't $1 billion, that's for sure. Yeah, it wasn't $1 billion. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens and if they can revive the brand. I myself doubt it. Chris, it sounds like you agree. Yeah. I mean, it seems like an odd fit. Uh, Brass Spring is one of the oldest ATS tools in the market. My, my big question though is how come Watson couldn't fix that shit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to say, uh, I want. it was a TA tech in Phoenix or somewhere. And the IBM folks actually came on and talked about machine learning and big data when that was when that was sort of popular and and I thought I thought the product was okay and that there could have been some synergies there but um, I, I don't feel like their heart was ever into it IBM's yeah. had their own bit of issues if we can say that nicely over the last decade or so losing ground to a lot of other players but this was clearly an, an, an issue of look we bought this turkey a, a decade ago. We haven't been able to turn it into the juggernaut that we thought it would be. Let's cut. Let's cut bait uh, and move on. Yeah, I know you appreciate that as a fisherman, um, yeah. and uh, I think it's just gonna it's gonna die on the vine. Whatever you know, whatever they call it, infinite ATS or infinite talent or who knows what. Uh, I don't think we'll be hearing much about it in the in the years to come. No, and we haven't you know heard much about it lately anyway. So I mean, it's, they're. Taking, they're offloading an aging product, uh, taking the money for it and running. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Infinite wants to revitalize it. Um, you know, if it can be. You know, I don't know how it's still so legacy. Probably, I mean, I don't think they've come out with any updates to it recently. Um, you know, no one's talking about them at all. Yeah. So at this point, it's just a kind of a dwindling like, user base that. Um, yeah, sounds to me like Infinite saw 240 global customers and said, "Can we make 240 new Infinite right. computer solutions customers out yeah, of this thing?" Yeah. And if if that's if that's all we get out of it, if we can turn half of those people into our clients, uh, it's, it's a uh, it's classic well buy it. versus build, you know. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit of that, but I think it's just sort of like somebody called Infinite that that was at IBM and said, "Hey, you know, you guys got some some." some coins in your couch that you want to throw at this thing. And somebody said, yeah, fuck it. Uh, the world's opening up. Uh, employment's going to blow up. Uh, why not take a flyer on this ATS, human capital, big data, whatever thing, uh, and see if it can work. But um, do you remember the brass ring acquisition a, a decade ago? Vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. I got to admit, I was, you know, you and I were both in sort of job board, uh, you know, nightmare or heaven, one of the two back then. And, and the, the, that whole space was weird at the time you had jobs to web and success factors and Taleo and people just throwing money at this shit. Um, I think it's fair to say that the new, the, the new generation of these, of these platforms, whether it be iSIMS, Jobvite, and then even looking further into the future with, you know, the seek outs and those guys, um, these companies will be relics of the past and only old guys on podcast will talk about them. I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking of old guys uh, or maybe newer guys, LinkedIn is in the news in a blog post. LinkedIn announced they'll launch a skill building platform called LinkedIn learning hub. That's a mouthful during the second half of this calendar year. You'll be introduced to that referred to as LXPs. 
This is an incredibly hot market for the likes of DeGreed, who we actually talked about last week and has become a $1 billion valued company, Unicorn Alert. Companies will essentially integrate all their training content. These are courses, articles, podcasts, books, documents, videos, events, pretty much anything into LinkedIn's LXP. And the system will index the content, make it searchable and create collaboration pieces around each learning path. Companies can access skills, insights to understand the skills of their employees they already have, uh, including how they compare with peer companies and how they're evolving. Uh, I talked a lot about this last week. Uh, I think it's a little bit of having your cake and eating it too for companies. Uh, they don't have to send their workers you know, to a, a, a nice MBA program only to have them uh, you know, go somewhere else a couple years later after getting their degree. Um, they can continue to educate their workforce, make them feel special, uh, enhance their skills um, without risk of losing them because they have a nice shiny MBA uh, from a nice college. I think LinkedIn has a nice um, upside in terms of their brand, and they already have a lot of the relationships with, uh, with the companies. However, I, I feel like similarly to LinkedIn launching an ATS, uh, they're not going to be able to do it as well as, that, way. as companies. Sorry? Whatever happens to the ATS from LinkedIn, by the way. Uh, exactly. Uh, I think it's still there as far as I know. Uh, they they dropped that a few uh, years ago. Yeah. Um, I don't yeah, think need- LinkedIn does, you know, turns the gold here. They, uh, you know, their original marketplace sucks. Uh, you heard, haven't heard a peep out of the, uh, the ATS lately. Um, but I, I do think LinkedIn Learning Hub will be, home run for them. I mean, it just makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, one of the advantages they have is they bought a company called Linda um, a while ago, L-Y-N-D-A. And and Linda was essentially education and learning new shit and everything else. So if LinkedIn can harness what they've learned from that and have a nice certified, uh, I don't know, program or a way for people to get um, certifications or badges that then they can, uh, that they can then add to their LinkedIn profile, that's pretty convenient. And that's pretty, um, I'd say that's, I mean, that's, that's a nice add on to your, your LinkedIn profile and, and yeah. which is already the default resume for pretty much everybody, uh, that's a, a professional. So I give them a better than average chance to make this, this thing work, uh, and be successful. However, based on your comment, uh, they're also in the news, uh, aim group reported, uh, recently that they're, they're going hard into the gig economy. Uh, LinkedIn gigs uh, offer could launch this fall, according to AIM Group. By the way, if you're not a if you're not subscribed to AIM Group, AIMgroup.com, you should do that. Uh, I know Chris and I are readers. Um, anyway, LinkedIn isn't giving details on the gig um, attack, but it's developing several products that could tie in and even allow payments to gig workers. Yeah, so you like you like them as an education uh, platform an upscaling platform. Do you like them as a gig platform? I don't know. I mean, uh, they, they failed the first time with their, uh, the pro finder that they think they had. Mm-hmm. Um, was it well, uh, well executed. Um, the digital wallet is interesting. If you can pay somebody through LinkedIn, um, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, yep. if you can do that and take that off, you know, take that away from PayPal and things like that. Um, the question is like, how much uh, of that piece of the, um, you know, the uh, commissioner they want to take, 
Mm-hmm. I know uh, I used to I used to Upwork a few times uh, a few years ago, and they take twenty percent, which to me as a freelancer, I don't know, seems a bit much. Um, for taking twenty percent of my overall project fee, yeah, uh, I'd love to see only come and you know undercut them a bit. Um, and I do think it's really going to affect uh, Upwork a lot if LinkedIn does go into this market. Um, so might be a good time to short um, Upwork stock, perhaps, uh, before the announcement. We I do can, not I'll, give I'll out financial go advice on this show. Know. Don't buy stock or sell stock based on our recommendations. Please, please. I am not a legal that. stock broker. How do, you, how do you feel about Facebook as a gig, a gig competitor? Because they've been talking about that for a while. Well, they already have them. They already have jobs on there. What's the difference with just, you know, putting, unless they make a digital wallet themselves. Well, it's a gig platform, right? You, yeah. You do work, you, you, you know, you get paid through Facebook, uh, you get reviews on what you, on your landscaping abilities or your uh, design abilities. Um, I mean, ultimately, like if everyone has this gig platform, I mean, not everyone is just going to be on every platform and like not uh, the talent has to go somewhere. So to me, this is this fragmentation of the gig economy is ultimately bad. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to buy talent on multiple platforms and no one wants to offer their services on multiple platforms. So yeah. to me, this is going to be like uh, any other industry where it fragments, it, uh, it becomes disparate, and then you get a few, you get two main players and then you get like a Dr. Pepper and, and that's it. Or you get like a... We talk about Communo, who's only really targeted towards the creatives and the design folks. So maybe you get like job board fragmentation where you're only you're only uh, technical or you're only design or you're only accounting or you're only whatever. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, you're on the money there. I think there's going to be a nichification of the gig economy, mm-hmm. and I think you're already seeing. I mean, there's 20 different um, uh, gig uh, you know job marketplaces you can go to. I've got one of my uncle HR Lancers, yeah. um, which is HR pros and recruiters there. Um, but I think almost every industry is going to have their own gig marketplace at some point um, as we move forward. Yeah. Um, you use, I assume you're, you build a lot of shit. You contract that out, right? Yeah. Or are you, uh, are no, you using, do you have, do you have a platform of choice? I know you're not using HR Lancers to build your WordPress sites. No, it's not WordPress. So, uh, I'm just joke. <laughs> I, I say that jokingly. I have no idea what, what Chris is using. I'm just curious your experience with, with platforms and any advice you'd give to listeners. If you're looking to start any kind of like, you know, job marketplace, um, there's lots of software out there, some good, some bad. You can build it on WordPress too, but I don't recommend WordPress for any kind of, uh, uh, marketplace like that. WordPress is too clunky and it breaks a lot. But uh, I was talking about more like hiring talent. Are, are, are there places where you like to hire folks? Oh, like to hire more, folks. Yeah. Um, like do you get, you know, banner ad makers at Fiverr or... Uh, Fiverr's probably my favorite one. You know, okay. Gotten, uh, some, some of my podcast intros, things like that on there. Uh, you, can get, you can hire writers on there. Mm-hmm. Some of that. Um, Not uh, an Upwork user? I haven't. Now, I haven't used Upwork lately to to hire anybody. I've, I've used it more as a freelancer uh, in the okay. past. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's move on here. So, uh, Talent.com, the artist formerly known as Nuvu, 
I don't Nouveau. know if I'm saying that correctly. Nouveau, Nouveau, yeah. Uh, apparently, they didn't know how to say it either. I talked yeah, to people right? at the company; they weren't they weren't really sure. Uh, these guys aren't messing around. Uh, yeah. So they're a job aggregator. I'd say Indeed is 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 competition. Anyone that's um, in that space, Jubal, uh, globally. So according to to Aim Group, they did some really great reporting this week. Uh, Talent.com is eyeing a, a new funding round and a possible IPO. Uh, that they got confirmation from the company. So talent.com, this is probably news to quite a few people. Uh, so the site is now the 25th fastest growing company uh, in the world, according to the Financial Times. Um, in 2019, the AIM Group listed Nuvu slash talent.com as the 35th most visited job site in the world with 11.3 million visits per month. A year later, the company, which had just rebranded as talent.com, had moved up to number six on the charts with a bullet uh, with 54.6 million visits uh, per month. Uh, quite, a, quite an uptick, if, if, uh, if I must say so myself. So this month, they hired its first chief financial officer. And last week, they posted an opening for a director of financial reporting and tax for those in the know, you only make these kind of hires when you're going to raise a bunch of money, go public, et cetera. So both editions anticipate serious fundraising. Uh, still a tad non-committal, a uh, friend of the show and president Michael O'Dell said the company hasn't yet made concrete plans for the IPO, and he didn't say what talent aims for in terms of evaluation. Quote, this is more of an exercise to make sure we have the talent we need in place if and when an opportunity arises. That's really cute, Michael. We're just we're just exercising uh, our right to hire really high priced people, just in case, just in case the opportunity comes to go public. What are your thoughts here, Chris? Well, my guess is no. I'll tell you why in a second. But uh, you know, I love first of all, I love what Talent.com is doing. Um, just from an execution standpoint, I've followed these guys for a while. You know, Indeed needs competition because they are the dominant player in the market, and we need a buffer to that. Uh, as an industry. And um, I think talent.com is well in the way of doing that. Their growth started out globally. So they really kind of launched almost globally, if you will, in many different countries. I think from like 60 countries today. So I think a lot of their growth has come from those other countries. Mm -hmm. um, the US market for them, you know, they're still, I mean, they're still below ZipRecruiter, I believe, and things like that. Um, but, um, uh, but it's a great company overall. I like what they're doing, I like their mission and, uh, they have a good, a good team in place there overall. Yeah. I think they're still behind career builder in the States. Yeah. Actually. So, uh, so I don't think they're going to go public and here's why. So, um, number one, going public never did much for monster or dice. Um, historically, if you look at any job boards that have gone public, uh, the market has not been kind to them, uh, from an investor standpoint. Investors like growth, and uh, though Talent.com is growing fast, um, they'll always be at the whim of the job market, in my opinion, right? So if another pandemic comes along, you know, stocks can take a hit, right? Um, going public means you must constantly be looking for new revenue sources, and that, uh, you know, that's part of what helped sink Monster, who kept throwing money at, you know, throwing banner ads up on the site just to get money, uh, launching stupid products, buying shit they didn't need. Don't forget the the, the blimp. Don't forget the blimp. Blimp. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think any kind of job marketplace is just best suited to be a private company, uh, in my opinion, overall, just you know, having grown up in this space. Mm -hmm. um, what I think they should do 
is, you know, do what Indeed does and take a page out of their book. They should, you know, they should buy Career Builder, buy Monster, backfill it with their jobs mm-hmm. uh, and just, you know, gain users. That's what they need most is users right now in the U.S. anyway. Um, ultimately, you're in the apply business when you launch any kind of a job marketplace. So mm-hmm. if you can't succeed at driving applications, then uh, don't go into that business. Gotcha. Let's uh, let's ask the judges. Judges? Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. They don't agree with you whatsoever. So I think they're going to go IPO, and I think they're going to go IPO uh, for a few reasons. Number one is they kind of have to. Uh, they've raised around $54 million, according to Crunchbase. Mm-hmm. When you raise $54 million, the investors want some sort of a liquidation event. And you can say Monster sucked as a public company, as, as DICE does now, but the people who invest in those companies early on would disagree that they sucked because they all got paid once the IPOs uh, IPOs happen. In addition to that, you've got a perfect storm of the world reopening, everyone talking about hiring going through the roof. You've got free money in the system because the Fed just keeps lowering rates. You got VCs that have sat on companies for a year. They're hungry for profits. They're hungry to like cash in on these companies. And then lastly, you have uh, allegedly ZipRecruiter is on the border for IPO to go into IPO land. Just, You've well, got you keep, hold on, stop, sir. You keep yeah, making okay. ZipRecruiter on, on the show about IPO. It hasn't happened yet. You've been talking about well, that for a year. Twenty twenty one is only four months old now. I know, but still, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Well, if it, okay, so we have iSims and ZipRecruiter allegedly uh, primed to go public, and if if this happens, you're going to see this flood of job related, employment related companies just start going public. Now, if that doesn't happen, then th- the other option is you sell the company to somebody. So, who do, the next question would be who does Talent.com sell to? Um, you know, if, if they can pitch their investors on. Uh, we can grow into a billion dollar company through profits. I mean, have at it. Uh, but there are only like two or three of those that have have done that. Um, I'd say I'd say good luck. So what you're saying is you think they can grow into being a billion dollar business? Yeah, globally. I mean, uh, you know, uh, globally, yes. I mean, that's uh, I think a lot, a lot of the growth will come from overseas markets that indeed is not as strong in too, right? Um, indeed, you know, indeed's main base is U.S. And indeed, is owned by a public company, so it's not like they're not kind of public. Yeah, they're kind of public, but it's only part of <laughs> part of the mix. But um, I, I just don't think it'll happen. I mean, uh, I do think you're right, though. If 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 you know, ZipRecruiter and iSims do go public, I think you will see a flood, uh, most likely, because they're going to follow that that train. That oh, I mean, train. think of how much money's been flowing into our space for the last oh God, two, three, uh, four years. I mean, all these all these investors are ready to. To fucking Dude, in, in the last cash in, weeks, boy. There have been three companies. Well, yeah, we, we, we talked about La, you know, uh, yeah, LaRock's numbers. I mean, the last quarter was bigger than the whole uh, entire half year of last. So the money that's coming into this space is ridiculous. Anyway, uh, it's either going to be super exciting and really fun to watch, or it's going to be really super bummer if none of these companies go public and just get sold uh, sold to people. Because we've we've had a nice void in our space of having no real public companies for a while. I know there are, but back in the days, you you and I remember when everybody was going public, that was a lot of fun. So anyway. All right, man, you know who else is a lot of fun is Jobvite. Let's hear from them and we'll talk a little Ripple Match and GM. 
You know, Steve, it feels like we keep getting pushed up. You know, Steve, it what? feels like what we keep that? getting pushed up. All right, so that soundbite has not worked very well. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear from Job Ad X and see if we can fix the Job Ad. ad. As the best ad tool in the industry, Job Ad X has been providing job board publishers directly. You, know you know, the funniest in- thing is this: this is the most attention those companies will have gotten on the show probably in a long time. So, okay, everybody, you just said Devil Boy. We may have we may have lost yeah our soundboard has been possessed uh, but we're thirty minutes into the fucking show so we're gonna keep going with it anyway go check out jobvite.com go check out jobedx.com uh, let's <laughs> let's talk about GM GM how exciting okay are we going back to the office or not GM is taking a surprisingly simple approach to its return to work strategy for employees they're calling it work appropriately what the fuck that's the message being conveyed uh this past tuesday by ceo mary barra and other gm leaders about how the automaker plans to reintegrate its 1 global employees in a post-vaccine work world it's a flexible evolving policy that will differ depending on the employee week and project according to the executives The decision to create such a program followed feedback from employees, many of whom have been working remotely for a year due to the coronavirus pandemic. GM conducted several surveys regarding how and where employees would prefer to work in the future, officials said. Such flexible and ambiguous policies are meant to empower GM's leaders to take responsibility for their departments and employees. GM recently held 52 workshops for 1,100 company leaders. God, that sounds like a big company, doesn't it? To lay out its remote work initiative, according to officials. Each leader will work with their employees to determine what is an appropriate work schedule. Work appropriately, Chris. Are you down with that? They may need some recruiting software to manage all this shit. (laughs) So we have... So we have... We had this whole thing like, oh, we're all working from home now. We had companies like Twitter say, we're never coming back to the office if you don't want to. And then it feels like there was a 180 on this. And we had companies like Amazon. We have Google. Uh, we have companies sort of doing a, an about face on some of this stuff. And GM is the latest, I guess, iteration of, of what we're talking about saying like, basically, you're all adults. Figure it out. Uh, work appropriately. If you need to be in the office, be in the office. If you don't want to be in the office, don't be in the office. Yeah. I like that approach. It's uh, people want flexibility in their lives today. And uh, that's important. That's a, a benefit that you can offer that doesn't cost you any money. You know, um, I've always felt that remote uh, being remote is a, is an, is a, is a great benefit to offer that doesn't cost you anything as an employer. Sure. And, uh, it just makes sense. So, so, so here's why it's going to fail. And I'm going to try the, uh, the wrong soundbite, see if that's working. Okay, yeah, that one works. Great. Thanks, Zencaster. Uh, the ads don't, but the wrong button works. So have, you know these com- So you have these companies ha- that have a vacation policy of, hey, if you want to go on vacation, go on vacation. We don't, we, don't, uh, we don't keep track. If you need a break, go take a break. You know these companies, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what happens at these companies? Nobody goes on vacation, right? Because they feel guilty 
about going on vacation. It's the companies that are like, okay, you have this much vacation. And if you don't take it, you lose it. Basically forcing people to take their vacation. And what happens is nobody takes vacation. This is like the companies that say, oh, you know, get your work done and go home. What happens is nobody goes home early. Nobody goes home before five or before six even. To me, this feels like the same kind of thing. Like, let's pay lip service and say, like, work appropriately. If you have to be here, be here. I think what's going to happen is companies that that lay this strategy out are basically going to have people that say, well, I probably better be in the office <laughs> because otherwise I'm working appropriately. So to me, this is this is Latin for get your ass back to the headquarters. Yeah. It, the article says such flexible and ambiguous policies. It's almost like they wanted to make it ambiguous so that em- employees would kind of default to going in. Sure. I mean, do you think in the 52 workshops they held that this policy became clear? Obviously (laughs) not. 52 workshops, nothing's like if it takes more than an index card to just to explain something to somebody, then then you're kind of screwed. So I expect more companies to do this work appropriately policy. And what's going to happen is everybody's going to get their ass back to work. Go with it. And speaking of going to work. Ripple Match is in the news. I don't know if I like that name or not. Do you like Ripple Match? I don't know. I think uh, it's awful. What was the Ripple uh, Match? What Ripple was, is a cheap drink. Oh, it was Real Match. I was thinking of Real Match, uh, which is Rip, not yeah, logic. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I copied and pasted that correctly. So Ripple Match. Okay, two Yale kids, uh, at least one of them dropped out, started a site to help college kids get jobs. And they just raised, get this, $23 million for their five-year-old startup, bringing its total funding to $34 million at a valuation of nearly $100 million. Okay, stop me if you've heard this one before, Chris. College students can create profiles on Ripple Match for free. After they fill in details about their work history, values, and motivations, Ripple Match uses AI to scan students' profiles and identify top candidates for internships and jobs posted by employers who pay an annual subscription fee between whew, 25K and 250K. What? The average enterprise company typically forms relationships with five to 10 college career service offices, something that Ripple Match says often results in them inadvertently ignoring talent from large swaths of the country. Because Ripple Match uses users represent 1,300 schools, including more than 150 historically black, black colleges and universities and Hispanic-serving institutions, it says it allows employers to consider 50% more candidates from underrepresented backgrounds. Chris, if we were playing buy or sell, would you buy or sell Ripple Match? I'd sell it. There's uh, already way too many... Uh you know, early career, quote unquote, uh, uh, players in the space. You got way up, you got handshake. Both of them have bigger head starts overall. Um, yeah. I don't see anything new here as far as technology goes or you know, what's the hook here. It just seems like a, uh, a college job board, essentially. I mean, yeah. just, you can save the money, go spend it on uh, collegerecruiter.com. This is historically the shittiest business, I think, in our space. Every few years, it pops up. So historically, the business model is like, okay, you need jobs and you need people. And with this model, you throw in the universities 
And on top of that, you get, you have to attract people that, uh, you know, they're 18 one year and then the next year they're 20 and need to like, think about a job. So you're constantly filling the funnel with people to use your services. And yeah, like you said, I mean, we've seen handshake. We, I mean, college recruiters, probably the only one still around that I can, I know of. We had after college, which is more or less now recruit recruitology notch up. Uh, we had a blue, uh, blue chip something or other at one point. So this is just historically a really bad business. So unless they've pitched something to the, uh, the investors that they're going to pivot out of college or, or add something else, they got to throw in uh, virtual job fairs like handshake did to add another, you know, hundred million dollars to their valuation. Um, this is historically a real shitty business. So I, I think, uh, I think we're both, <laughs> We're both selling this. Yeah. We're both selling this. Yeah. Uh, All right. It really reminds me of Way Up, which you know started out. I think it was college. They're called, called collegegrad.com, yeah. and then they shifted it to be more like early careers. They're calling it now, uh, versus just the uh, the uh, the college student that they were targeting. Yeah. But Way Up evolved a little bit. Ripple matches came in at that later point now, and the early career phrase is really. Uh, uh, the soup du jour as far as the tagline these days for these, these companies. Yeah, they all rebrand, they go out of business, yeah. uh, you know, whatever happens. So, I mean, yeah, the, the market doesn't need another one of these sites, so that's why I'm selling. Yeah, but they're still getting $34 million. I guess what so. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> all right, let's, let's, take a, let's take a try at the soundboard to see if one of our ads will play. As the best ad team <laughs> in the industry. All right. So that didn't work. All right. Let's talk about da, 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 McDonald's. They're in the news. So a Florida McDonald's is paying people $50 just to show up for a job interview. And get this. They're still struggling to find applicants. Mm. Blake Casper, the franchisee who owns 60 Mickey D's in the Tampa area, told Business Insider, quote, it's a perfect storm right now. You've got a lot of people with a lot of money and they're out there shopping. And then on the flip side, we're scrambling for help. To his surprise, offering people 50 bucks just to come in and get a Whopper and have a sit down uh, hasn't convinced many people to apply for jobs. He has found more success with referral programs, signing bonuses, and allowing people to apply via text message. Casper is also Considering raising starting wages from $12, which is three bucks above Florida's minimum wage, to 13 in an effort to attract more employees. Quote, the biggest challenge out there is the federal government and the state government are going to continue with this unemployment, meaning unemployment payments, I guess, uh, because that is truly creating incentive to not work right now. And how do you blame somebody? You can make more money on unemployment. This is a serious issue with employers, Chris. Uh, maybe he should raise it to a hundred dollars. I mean, is this cash incentive something that you you expect to see employers do or not? Yeah, you know what's uh, what's interesting in that story, Joel, is uh, this quote here where he says um, uh, he told uh, uh, he let's see here that a general manager or supervisor came up with the idea for the interview reward after he told them to quote do whatever you need to do to hire workers. That's where we've come today as far as recruiting goes in America. Um, I thought that was a very poignant, uh, poignant mm-hmm. phrase there to hit it off. But um, yeah, I think you're going to have to. I mean, uh, there's a company in Connecticut here. I was doing some research uh, before the show, uh, Max Restaurant Group. They're offering $1,000 sign-on bonuses for dishwashers. Um, it's on their Facebook page and a local uh, paper did a story on them. 
I mean, you're going to have yeah. to. There's just there's just no way around it right now. I think the federal um, stimulus payments, which I think are around 300 bucks a month, combined with the state ones, people are making like five, 600 bucks a week. That's basically yeah. what they're making at McDonald's, right? Yeah. So uh, that ends in September, I believe. So until then, it's going to be a scramble to, to find these workers overall. Yeah, this phenomenon is really fascinating. And we talked about it uh, a few weeks ago, I believe. And so you have people afraid of COVID. So younger people that take these jobs haven't been vaccinated yet. You have the ment- the mental hurdle, which I found interesting in that they they applied early on, didn't get any bites at all. So they became so demoralized that it's like, why even look for jobs? And they still haven't, I guess, been told they didn't get the memo that the world was opening back up and these opportunities are available. And oh, by the way, in the meantime, I'm getting federal unemployment checks and stimulus checks and everything else. Oh yeah. And I just bought a bunch of Bitcoin, which is worth eight times what I <laughs> you know paid for it. So fuck work. That's bullshit. It also reminds me a little bit of, uh, do you remember 20, uh, 21.co? I think it was 21.co. Um, yeah, I think it's gone, but they, uh, they accepted. So people were on Bitcoin, like, uh, Mark Andreessen. I think he was a, fa- uh, an investor in it. So you could, you could decide a, a number, uh, a payment number for people to have a text chat with you or an email conversation with you. And so he was like, you know, a hundred bucks and you could contact him. And I always thought at the time that that would be a really interesting way for developers or people who are really hot in demand mm-hmm. to have employers say like, yeah, I'll pay $100 to have a conversation with a PHP program or this Ruby on Rails guy or gal. Um, in, an, an engineer could make quite a bit of money by taking calls from um, from headhunter, headhunters. And if they got hit up on GitHub or wherever, they could be like, oh, yeah. Go to 21.co. Here's my profile page. If you want to talk to me, it's going to cost $500 and makes a little extra extra change. So it sounds like there's an opportunity to create a service industry, 21.co, and have people tell McDonald's, yeah, if you want to talk to me, you can you can buy into it for 50 bucks and people can make 50 bucks ahead on Wendy's, Taco Bell, KFC, and all the other fast food places that want to interview them. It could be a nice little cottage industry. Yeah. It's like a reverse job where we have a bunch of people (laughs) and it's like literally price to interview me. It's literally, I'm going to go out and interview with uh, five companies today and make 250 bucks a day. (laughs) How many, how many companies can I just sit down with? Your job is just interviewing. (sighs) Maybe companies start offering Bitcoin as a reward. Hey, Hey, you're onto something. (laughs) You're onto something. Ah, Chris, man, thanks for coming on the show. I, I, we haven't tried the outro music yet, so this is going to be a, a total surprise whether it plays or not. But whether or not it plays, Chris, thanks for coming. We appreciate your time and your insights. Keep it real. For people that want to know more about you or connect, where would you send them? Rectechmedia.com, my friends. Dig it. And Chris, you know how we end the show, baby. We out. Yeah. turd nuggets the Jim Stroud podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives brain to brain communication robot bosses microchip implants for workers and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.